This week's episode is sponsored by SheHub.tv. Log on to www.SheHub.tv for engaging content dedicated to women. Also, check out their quarterly magazine, available in print and both app stores. SheHub TV for the fearless female. So what happened with me is I was good at my job. My team trusted me. I'm a natural leader. They knew that. And so they would, you know, dangle the carrot for me. So I get the step up foreman position for a few months, this, that. But when it came time to actually promote into the position, someone always got it before me or over me. You are listening to Choosing Her Hustle with your host, Letitia Francis. This is a podcast for Black women looking to turn their side hustles full time. Each week, I'm going to bring you interviews from women who have successfully transitioned from side hustler to full-time entrepreneur. They will be sharing their journeys, the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the lessons learned along the way in hopes to inspire you to choose your hustle. Let's get this conversation started. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Choosing Her Hustle. The guest I have with you today, when I was reading her bio, I felt like I was reading my own story. She, I was moved by her words, and I cannot wait to hear more about her story. So, guest, why don't you introduce <laughs> yourself? <laughs> All righty. Well, hello, hello. My name is Dia, Dia Kali. Um, I am a certified online business manager now. I am building my own business. Um, and what I like to focus on is helping minority and female business um, entrepreneurs put systems in place, processes in place to create an elevated client experience and business reputation. I love that. And I love that you are focusing on minorities. And yes. I, it, it's important. You know, we need a space to. I was telling you um, in the beginning um, that I did a lot of market research and one of the things that came up was this woman telling me that, you know what, I'm tired of white people telling me how to make money. I'm tired of white people telling me how to leave my job. So that's why we're here today. We're going to have this conversation because (laughs) let's just keep it real. White people are not the only ones that are fed up with the nine to five. Right. But they are more courageous than us Mm -hmm. about choosing their hustle and making it work for themselves. So you were an engineering girl. Well, let me just (laughs) salute you for that, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. What did that look like? Well, I straight out of high school. So in I was double promoted, all that good stuff, but I got sick of school quickly. So when it came to high school, I was ready to graduate and go make some money. That was really just the goal. So the thought of going to college for another four plus years literally would make me sick. I had a knack for computers. I was very into computers and all of that, but did not want to do the four years. What I ended up doing was going to trade school. I went to trade school for high pressure boil operation and basic refrigeration operation. So that um, got me licensed in the city that I live in. I mean, I live in the suburb of Detroit, but it was with the city of Detroit. And I went on a hunt to find a job. In the meantime, I worked in retail, worked at Target. But then I got hired at a refinery 
here. And that's where I literally spent my whole entire career in that field at, at the refinery. And so while there, I also um, did more education to become a third steam engineer, still kind of with the HVAC, but in a commercial aspect. So that's what I was doing. And it was a lot. It was a crazy, crazy job. So I, like I say, refinery. So I don't know if people are familiar with them. Like if you're in Texas, you've seen them. If you're in uh, Kentucky, places like that. But I worked in a refinery. I worked outside um, for the first few years. And then um, after a while, I moved to a different position that allowed me to work inside half the time outside the other half. So I worked a 12-hour shift. That was the basic four days, four days on, four days off, four nights on, four four days off. So I worked a swing shift. And, you know, when you hire into one of them type of places, it's kind of like, you know, this is just, you married to the job, you know, they do all that talking, we're one big family. So there was a, a switch in my mind where it's like, look, I'm doing this so I can get my footing as an adult. So never liked the schedule, but it just became a part of me. It's just what I did. And I started that job four months before getting married. So this is the only schedule my husband has ever known me to be on, on this swing shift. He's always had Monday through Friday, but I'm working all over the place, you know? But yeah, it, it was um, a very interesting, almost 12 years, I'll put it that way. But that's how I got into the engineering field. And what was your experience like? I I can probably draw my own conclusions being that it's a male dominated industry, but I would absolutely love to hear your, your perspective. Very much a male dominated industry. I am, but I'm, I'm a person that get along with everybody. So that was always like my strength. Not much really roused me up because I just, I see the bigger picture of everything. So being in the male dominated field, like when I first got there, you have to do what you call rounds. And so you're walking around the refinery, you're looking at equipment, you're looking at gauges, you're jotting it down. Uh, it got to the point where I got pulled in the office one time because they felt that I didn't care about the equipment around me. I didn't show that I respected the atmosphere that I worked in because I did my rounds too fast. So I said, what do you mean too fast? You, you know, it shouldn't take you only, you know, let's say 30 minutes, it should take you an hour, blah, 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 blah. Now this is like all over a year in this kind of thing. And so I literally, in that meeting, I said, well, just ask me anything. You know, I'm still in training, but ask me, ask me what you think I'm not understanding. Ask me anything. No, it's well, I'm no, no, we're not here to do that. You know, but just, you know, it just shows that you're not really respecting the environment that you're in. You don't, you're not showing, you know, how serious this is. Is. So what did I do after that meeting? I literally start walking slower. We're outside. I work outside. So I and I live in Michigan. So sometimes this is imagine wintertime in Michigan. I'm not trying to be out there just to play around, but I literally was walk slower. Sit down here for him and walk slower. Then next thing you know, I'm like the golden child. Nothing changed except that I walked slower. So that was our, that was now that I'm reflecting back more and more on my career. That was one huge, big red flag right there. It was that out of all the people, you know, the four of us that came to this unit, I need to stop and stop moving so fast. It was strange. And, and, and so I think they couldn't believe that I was catching on and understanding and taking control of my position as a black woman. There was only one other 
black woman in the unit that I was in. She had been there for 20 some years and she was, a, she was wonderful. Great. But we're friends to this day, but I was the next one. And it's like a 20 year difference between the time that we worked there. So they just couldn't believe it. Along with, I will say I was 21 when I hired in also, you know, pretty young technically. So they just was shocked. I think they were shocked and which was trying to look at ways to try to knock me down or blow my confidence. Oh girl, I've experienced that. I remember being in an environment Actually, my second job in commercial insurance, I spent 14 years in commercial insurance. Mm-hmm. And they, we, our company got bought by Goldman Sachs. So the mentality that came, <laughs> you know, Goldman Sachs don't have a best, the best reputation for the mm-hmm. way that they work their people. And they came in with that expectation. I remember my, my new boss saying to me, Letitia, you leave her at five o'clock on the dot and everyone else stays behind and we socialize and we do this. And I say, well, you pay me to five o'clock. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. And um, <laughs> if there's an issue with my work, then we can have a discussion about that. But what, what we're not going to do is have a discussion about me taking my time mm-hmm. in accordance to my contract. And what I found very interesting was I was on a team of three at that time. My output was more than the other two of my team members put together. And these ones were staying to six or seven o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. But you're putting me in the office because I'm leaving at five o'clock on the dot, but I'm doing the work of two men. Here. Yep. Absolutely. And they were men. Two men. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's 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 mind blowing, you know, when you think about that. Um, you know, some of the things I experienced. I, you know, I don't curse. I don't use profanity. But hey, I'm not no punks this way. So you know, I would not allow them to you know speak disrespectful to me. I'm not. Gonna, I'm very big on justice. So like, you're not gonna do me this way. You're not gonna do if I got a little buddy and you trying to do them. You ain't gonna do this. I will fire off, I will holler, scream, whatever, right? So they knew that about me. They knew I wasn't scared to speak up. And so it was whenever it may have been a disagreement or whenever they know that I got mad at something. When you think about a refinery, it's a plant. It's constant nonsense and anger and folks cussing each other out. If I thought I was going to raise my voice, it's like the hawk came out. And I always had a problem with that because it's like, I don't even curse i don't even use profanity i'm not throwing my lunch box i'm not doing nothing but as soon as i open my mouth it's like oh no well calm down calm down and so i've always felt like so because i'm black it's like, it's just that simple it's is it because i'm black and i'm like and then it's like maybe because i mean i'm not the smallest girl i'm like i'm a slight i mean i'm not super tall but i'm like five nine and i'm not like you I, i'm handling it and we talking about a physical job so i'm doing my part I'm climbing 75 feet in the air. I'm turning these valves and all of that. And I wasn't, you know, I, I, I was holding my own and I wasn't going to allow you to treat me any kind of way. So when I spoke up, it was always this big deal. Oh, Jordan, oh, did she got mad. And it's like, what? What's the standard here? Because y'all just cussed each other from one end of the room to the other. And it was no big deal, no big talk, no nothing. <laughs> Because it's you. Because it's it's me. And I'm always like, well, what's so special about me? What? This is strange. (laughs) This is strange. 
I'm, I'm laughing because I am very much the same. Well, I curse, so that's, <laughs> yes. that's the difference. Yes. But I, I want to speak up and I, I'm yes. very much driven by justice. Like, yes, I don't care if it's for me. I don't care if it's for that person down the road. Like, if mm-hmm. it's not fair, I'm speaking up about it. And I, that's just who I am. And, you know, <laughs> the worst thing you can say to a Black woman when she's calm is calm down. Yep, because like that's that's the switch for me. Because I'm not even mad, but like, and that's the thing. And I used to tell him, I'm not mad. You want to <laughs> see, man? I'm not yelling. <laughs> and I would have to say that, like, listen, I'm not yelling. I do realize now, though, that I have like strong vocal cords, so my normal voice is a little loud. But I ain't yelling. I haven't got to yelling, so I don't know what you would do if I got to yelling in here. I know you'd be in trouble. I'd be Let in me trouble. get mad. Like, you know what I used to tell my special? Like I, I live in England now, so mm-hmm. a foreigner in England, and you know I'm animated. I'm I talk with my hands. I talk with my neck. You yes. know, like it is what it is. And I remember someone saying, "Oh my God, you just you can be so aggressive." Mm. And I said, boo, trust me. If you want to see aggressive, you should have met me 10 years ago. And I promise you <laughs> that I would have had you crying. Okay. This is yes. fine. <laughs> and that's what I, I, I always have struggled with because we always have so much restraint. All We already practice every restraint because we know how we're perceived. And then still with that restraint, they still find a reason to have a problem. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why I walked away from my job Mm-hmm. After 14 years is because I was in a meeting before Christmas of 2020 and <laughs> a white man got loud with me. Matter of fact, he called me a girl. Mm-hmm. And listen, my mama didn't raise me to take no disrespect. So I promptly put him in his place, mm-hmm. which got him all red faced. And then after that call, I got off the call zoom mm-hmm. and my manager called me and told me i was the cause of the tensions on that call that day after i had been disrespected mm-hmm. and these are the same man he had once got in a meeting with the managing director at my business and told them that i was threatening and scary mm-hmm. because i wrote a very long email (laughs) to him Mm -hmm. outlining the lack of uh, accountability that his company, he was a a outsourcing, head of the outsourcing company that I was managing, Mm -hmm. lack of accountability that his company was um, showing and and yeah. documented. So one thing you know, you know when you're black, you're you're gonna have your eyes dotted, t's crossed. You can't come half. Mm-hmm. So when I wrote that email, which actually took me an entire day to write, mm-hmm. and copied in people and everything else, he was threatened by the fact that I had the audacity mm-hmm. to tell him what to do. Yeah, and I think. That underlying tone carried on for a very long time. And I I put up with it because, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to get loud on a call. You don't want to be rude because you know that you're being watched under a microscope. Um, And again, I'm I'm foreign in England and other people are different. (laughs) Yes. We don't run with passive aggressiveness. I'm, I'm, 
assertive. I'm straight up, which I yeah. knew would be a problem. So for me that day was like, no, this is it. I remember saying to my husband, if I was in the office today, you would have needed bail, Melanie. And I would have done it gladly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So you, you have to walk away. What was the impetus for you? The, the reality of the situation is I ended up pregnant, but I didn't know that I was going to be done as quickly as I was. So what happened with me is I was good at my job. My team trusted me. I'm a natural leader. They knew that. And so they would, you know, dangle the carrot for me. So I get the step up foreman position for a few months, this, that. But when it came time to actually promote into the position, someone always got it before me or over me. Someone with less seniority, someone is someone that. So every time that would happen, when it was a very clear Jordana or D, my real name is Jordana, but you know a lot of people call me Dia, but she should be getting it, and I didn't. I go right. So what's what? What was wrong this time? Like what? Oh, what? What? what just because that person just been here longer. Oh, so is that the qualifier? The next one, that person's five years less seniority than me. So what's the difference this time? Don't, you know, so it was a constant excuse. And sometimes the uh, the way they did promotions, you had to apply. Sometimes next thing you know, such and such is the boss because they got a call at home asking that they want the job. So it was, they had very, very unfair hire, or not hiring, but promoting practices. There was a little bit of nepotism in there. And so what I did every time though, was kept a strong barrier in face. Still showed up to work, still was the the best. They couldn't deny me. You know, so I still was doing my job, still showing up. But each one was a blow. And it was a total of four that really, really just was like, so y'all ain't gonna never. Like, I'm the one that has to wait. The last time in particular was very foul. And the ops manager looked me dead in my face and said, no, just be patient. Just be patient. I got to be patient. Nobody else has to be patient, but I got to be patient. Don't make no sense. So I was disgusted, literally disgusted with the job. I would start to get like physically sick when it was time to go back if I got my days off. Not only that, the schedule was awful. It was an awful schedule. I was getting tired of it. Um, in July of 2019, July 1st, my little sister, not by blood, but been on the couch as babies together, about almost three years apart. She died tragically in a car accident. That knocked my world completely upside down. Um, So it was a lot of mental that happened to me then. Like as strong as I thought I was, that really, really crushed me. So that was 2019 followed. And then 2020 comes and I end up pregnant. Me and my husband had been married. We'll be married 13 years. So we were married almost 11 years. And so we were ones that was like, we ain't have no kids. No, we're not doing that. It's just us. And we changed our mind, but I gave myself one year, one year off of birth control. If it don't happen, I'm getting back home. Nine months it happened. And so I don't know what it is, but it was like, oh no, something's, I, I'm not going to be able to sustain this. This is not going to work. And, and and going to that first ultrasound and I'm like, oh, she's real. Well, I didn't know she was a she there, but oh, okay, wait a minute. This is real. And then the week I find out I'm pregnant, the world shuts down with the pandemic. On top of that, my grandmother and grandfather end up with COVID. My grandmother goes on a ventilator. She fights to get off the ventilator, but a blood clot took her out. So she's get off the ventilator. She dies still in the hospital, you know, almost three months later because of a blood clot. Ruins my world. Again, this is one who wasn't going to have a baby. Now I'm pregnant. 
My grandmother, who I am extremely, extremely close to, she's gone. Six days later, someone that's almost like an aunt to me, my mother's best friend, succumbs to cancer. Then I have my daughter. Seven days later, I'm back in the hospital with postpartum preeclampsia, about to stroke out of here. Now, so I'm hospitalized. That just turns my world upside down. I've never had high blood pressure. And she is 15 months and I am still on those pills to this day. I don't even know if I'll be able to get off of them. Insanity. Three weeks after my daughter is born, my father-in-law has a stroke and dies, massive stroke and die. So you, you see all this. So when I had to figure out, am I, am I about to go back to that place that literally treats me? You know, I was in a weird spot because my, my crew loves me and all of that. But the, the actual disrespect was too profound. It was real. I made a good, I made good money. I made six figures. I had been making six figures for the last 10 years. So it was a lot to just to decide that maybe this ain't gonna work, but I hadn't made the official decision just yet. My job got mad because I apparently because I had a baby. So I wanted to stay off a little longer with the COVID, but then I went back. When I went back, I'm looking around like ain't no way and called a psychiatrist. Oh, and we don't believe you. No, 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 put some. They trumped up absence charges on me, wouldn't pay me my sick time, no nothing. We don't believe you. No, you got to drive and talk to our doctor. Our doctor don't believe you. You got to come back to work. You're fired. So I'm officially fired because they didn't even want to allow me time to try to sort out what I was feeling. Can you imagine that? So that is still an ongoing battle right now. But I thought I was going to be making plans to leave, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. But all this did was show me it was time to go anyway. They don't care nothing about me. You hear? Did you hear all that? (laughs) Do I need to slow down? (laughs) Well, first of all, condolences for all of your loss. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot. It's been a roller coaster. And then for them to not believe believe a psychiatrist. We don't Listen. believe you. We don't believe him. I got a psychologist, psychiatrist, my primary care, everybody. We don't believe you. You go see our doctor. You know what that means. He don't want to hear nothing I got to say. In, in that, in that, when I drove to go see this guy, he in his writings, he said, she seems very in control and aware of the day. I guess they wanted me in the corner shaking and crying. She, she has a lot of, she's very self, she's very self-aware. She thinks highly of herself. And he was saying that because I was, I said that I was an exemplary employee. And so when I keep thinking about all what these past up promotion and stuff, it really, really, well, when, why, why you think you're an exemplary employee? Maybe because like all my reviews show that, but that's okay. I wasn't good enough to promote you. No, 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 exactly. And so, no, they, I don't believe you come back to work. I said, I ain't coming back. Y'all, y'all can't force me back. It ain't up to you to decide. And they, they, you know, do it like a no call, no show, put me through the absence program and then fire me. Hmm. But you know, that's interesting, right? And this 12 is, years, it, almost 12 years. That's, it brings into something bigger to question, right? I actually mm-hmm. read an article. Um, it might have been two days ago mm-hmm. about this woman who was having a miscarriage and went down to the ER. Mm-hmm. And after five hours, she was sent home because she wasn't believed that she was in enough pain. Sent home to miscarry a baby. Oh my goodness! And very different, but it brings to question for me the expectation of black women in society right 
we are expected to be strong. Mm -hmm. So much so that we aren't allowed the natural human emotional experience. Mm -hmm. Like, And it's time out for it. It's time out for it. I just, mm -mm. If, if you are a white woman, and you just shed one tear. Yeah. <laughs> you could have, probably could have been off for six months. Okay. And I, exactly. I, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like the fact that we have to go in and work hard to be seen. Twice mm-hmm. as hard, three times as hard, 10 times as hard for some mm-hmm. to be seen. And then our humanistic experiences are then ignored. Hundred percent. We're talking about somebody that just we just came out of pandemic, but I work with folks who, you know, when it first started, it's the flu, you know, this silly stuff. I'm, you know, but what we're not gonna do is act like that's not a traumatic experience at all. Somebody who has had a baby in the middle of that almost couldn't have nobody in the room with her. And and then the death after death after death. And not that I have to explain all that to you, but it is very much a a lot to process. And you're not giving me time to do that. That's the, and that's all I'm asking. Us. Yeah, because we don't believe us. you. You're not coming back. And they they actually they I think they they it's almost like a support. I feel like it's personal. I'm like I don't know who is really targeting me like this, but it don't make no sense. You you have you started your own business. Name of, I know several that got their own business. That don't have anything to do with anything. I am at home. <laughs> Here is my doctor's note. Okay. This which is they a, rejected, which, which is they re- continue to reject, continue to. Re- and again, they just, I guess they wanted to see me sweat all of that, but I, well, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. But I, you know, I had a union, so we're in a whole big fight with them because it was insane how they did it. But when they fired me, I made it very clear. I don't, I'm not going back there. I see how you treat your employees. I will not be coming back, but you will pay me my sick time. Mm. So that's what we're, we're fighting for now. But you know, they, they, she she should be lucky that we kept paying her insurance. You know, that's the type of stuff they say to my union person. I should lucky. be lucky. Lucky? Or is that a part lucky? of my benefits? Is that a part of my benefits of being an employee here? Or I should be lucky? So you see what I'm saying? The word, the, the words they use let you know what they think of you. Mm. And, and, I, and I can say one thing. I now regret being the strong black woman. I should have shouted from the rooftops at about the third time they passed me over. I should have started screaming. I should have put cases on every last one of them because the facts are the facts. And you know, but what what am I trying to do? You you know, you're not going to make me sweat. you're not going to bother me. I am stronger than I am not defined by my job. I do have a loving family home and life outside of there. So that is what allowed me to, you know, not put so much energy into it, but it was wrong. And when you wait, you know, you limit your chances of being able to go after them. You know, so it's a time limit on that kind of stuff. So if I could say to any black woman who feels they've been passed over unrightly over and over again, you got to, you got to go to the EEOC and whoever else and just put the case on them because it doesn't benefit you in staying strong. It allows Mm. them to keep doing it and it allows you to almost regret the time you spent there, right? So it, it's it's time out for the strong black women <laughs> woman mantra. It's time out for it because I am Listen, I'm a human. I literally wrote on WhatsApp before this interview. Okay, that sometimes our strength, 
our need to be strong Mm -hmm. becomes our biggest weakness. 100%. And, you know, I I pride myself in being a strong Black woman. Yes, yes. Because for generations, that is what's needed. The reality is for many, many families, the Black woman was what? kept us together and kept mm-hmm. us going right yeah I wasn't raised by a single mother but sh- my mother was raised by a single mother mm-hmm. and that was something my granny's strength the need to stay strong the need to sacrifice the need to show up and do whatever she needed to do in order to feed her family I understand it mm-hmm. I watched my mama do it too and I understand it 100% yeah however I ain't living in the 1950s. I ain't even living in the 1980s, okay? Mm-hmm. And those times are over. Completely. Which is the reason for this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So many of us have experienced these type of experiences in the workplace where we're passed, we were overlooked, we're undervalued, we're undermined, all of this. And we stay. Because we were raised to go into those environments and show up and show out and show them that you got everything that they need that and they don't even realize. Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes a crutch for us, particularly when it means moving in to doing what it is that you want to do. I mean, in your case, I mean, your circumstances were slightly different than someone that might have, well, you had already started your side hustle, your, your business. Uh, a month after maternity leave. Okay. So some of us, I started mine on maternity leave as well. I started my business and the impetus for that was receiving a call six months, six hours after giving birth, an email six hours after giving birth to my youngest child. So I was like, no, uh uh-uh. I ain't going to keep doing this because that's like total disrespect. Not even disrespecting me, you're disrespecting my whole family. So now we've got a problem and we're going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. But so many of us may start this business to give us this out for the environment that we're in, Mm -hmm. but we don't take it any further. We don't take a gamble on ourselves. Right. right. It's a scary thing. It's a scary it thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and but that's why I want to have these conversations. Yeah. In your in your bio, you talked about you wanted to show up in a way that your daughter would be proud of, right? Mm-hmm. Teaching your daughter these core values, which I will probably think will align with your need for justice as well. Mm-hmm. And 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 I can relate to that. That's why I said at the beginning of the show, like I felt like I was reading my own. I remember watching my mama sacrifice and thinking back then in the 80s, like this is, this don't seem right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like they don't seem right. 20, 30, close to 30 years later, I am, that's what I became. That sacrifice that I felt like, you know, I'm got to do this for my babies. I'm got to, but then I looked at what that looks like. Because mm-hmm. my mama saw her mama sacrifice, mm-hmm. which then became her narrative. I saw my mama sacrifice, which mm-hmm. then became my narrative. And because, you know, I got so much love for my beautiful babies, I didn't want that to be their narrative. And I knew that I had to be the one to stop the cycle. Mm-hmm. So since starting your company, like how has things changed for you? How has your world evolved as a result 
of your company? Listen, happy. <laughs> Happier. I can't even, you know, it's, a, it's all kind of joy, right? I'm a new mother, but it is, like I told you, I worked an insane schedule. Sometimes we would have shutdowns, what we call it. I mean, I've worked 20 something, 12 to 14 hour shifts in a row. Like it is no joke. So 2021 was the first year of my marriage. I saw my husband every day, <laughs> literally, right? How like, did that work? <laughs> <laughs> it went good. He's so happy to have me home. And so that is going well. Um, and so what I find, I'm I'm ambitious and I like to work. So you know, you start your own business, you see the possibilities and you just dumping, j- j- diving all in. And so I'm in a, um, a phase now and I have been for a few months making sure I remember why I didn't go back to the other job. And so when I start to feel too chained to the work and, and it's hard to shut your brain off when you work for yourself. So when I'm, I'm just too occupied, so I'm working on refining my schedule, but overall I feel good. I feel good. And what I what I want is every person I'm every black woman I'm looking at, I'm like, you know, you could probably start <laughs> what, what's your what you training? You know, you could probably work for yourself and be at home if you want to. Look, if you want to, I can give you the steps because I because I'm telling you, I had no idea it was possible. You know, when I think of starting a business, I'm thinking I, I'm you know making some t-shirts. Like I got I'm not a very creative, artsy person. So I never just really thought about what I'm good at, what I, what I was good at at my job that I actually enjoyed, but was mistreated at, I could turn that into something for myself. And there's there's a demand, please. I want to tell the world, but <laughs> I do. I want to tell the world it is possible, but I, I, I it's, it is a lot of hard work. The discipline is needed. And so when I think about, you know, these folks that, and I'm, I'm only 34, I'll be 35 this year. But a 25-year-old, you know, they ain't got no time for these jobs. They couldn't, but I feel, you know, in a way, you're not doing yourself a service because there's a, a level of discipline that you need, <laughs> you need to have your own business. So if you can't like really just discipline to flip a fry, I don't know how well you're going to do in sustaining your business. So, let's you know, real. let's keep it all the way real. So there's just some lessons that you learn when you work for major corporations and things like that. Not to say you got to do it for 10, 15 years, but there is some discipline there because you need discipline to run a successful business that you're trying to create. If you're not disciplined, it's not going to work. And so, you know, it it depends on, are you betting on yourself? If you are, then Mm -hmm. go ahead and go for it. But don't, I don't think people or these young folks should take those lessons that you do learn in a working environment for granted. There is something there that helps you be successful in starting your business. And so, although Absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I hate the way that it ended because this is a job I thought I would retire from. I take, I know the lessons there. And so I'm thankful for some of those lessons because it is helping me build on a strong foundation for myself. I remember my mother saying my very first job was a mail handler in the post office. Oh, my mom would retire from the post office. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my my mom used to say, you know, everything is a stepping stone. Everything like you can everything. use what you're learning here and, and move through life with it. And I mm-hmm. didn't understand it now. I mean, then, but I do understand it now. There is lessons in everything and it's up to us to harness that. But Mm -hmm. just now, I I must say, when you said 
oh, I want to tell them all. I want to, you know, tell all the black people you could do this. <laughs> <laughs> what came to mind, and like, I'm probably going to age myself here, but there was a movie when I was younger called She Devil. Where uh-huh. Zambar found out her husband was cheating on her and her and a group of women created this agency <laughs> for women that were hard done by. And I remember when they started advertising their business, they went to the top of a skyscraper. I want to say it was in New York, but it, like this is early 80s movie. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I remember them just throwing the flyers off and all of the women down on the ground were picking up the flyers. And when you said that, just like, <laughs> I want to tell them all. That's what, that's, that's the exact scene that came to mind. Yeah. Listen, you've created a, a level of freedom for yourself that prior to having your daughter, you probably never even considered. Right? I didn't, never. It was always, and, oh God, which next plant I'm going to end up at. I ain't going to be able to stay here, but you know, yeah. Never thought it could be. And, and now that you see what that looks like, mm-hmm. the joy it's brought you, the improvement of your relationships, the your lifestyle has probably changed as mm-hmm. well. That is big, right? It's yeah. huge. And sometimes it's hard to wrap our head around that. But mm-hmm. then to be in a place where you're like, no, I want my sisters to have it. I want my cousins to have it. I want mm-hmm. that girl on the red to have it. I saw her when I was getting my locks done. Yeah, she can have it too. Like we yes. feel like Oprah, you get one. You get, you get your own <laughs> You get a business. You, you get, get a business. <laughs> because it feels so real. Like as women going through stuff, having to deal with toxicity in the work environment to simply pay our bills mm-hmm. to get out of that and know that oh my god like it didn't have to be like this for 10 15 years it didn't right. so now we're in a space where like listen I know it's hard I know you're scared I know that you don't know anybody else that has a business but let me tell you how great this freedom feels yes yes and, and yeah, and it just takes, um, you know, and so I want to, I always am thinking, I want to be realistic to what our situations are, right? So I know, hey, I'm thankful my husband works. And so that allowed me to be able to feel the happiness in my business because I have some backing there. But that doesn't mean if you're a single mother that they can't happen. It just means more planning and putting things putting in place. It can happen regardless of the situation. If you are getting... Um, you know, official business advice, it can happen. It can happen. There's things you put in place and you get your insurance. You know, people work just for the insurance. You can get insurance. You don't, it, it's not off the table that you can't have. No, you can get insurance as your own business. You can get insurance. You can pay your bills and you will realize, you know, you get used to the comfort of that steady check. And so for me, I made good money. So it was just like, hey, me, my, me and my husband never checked in with each other. We just did what we want, bought hey, what we want. <laughs> but- you know, when I'm not driving 60 miles round trip, you know, five, six days a week, I like to cook. I'm actually cooking more, you know, that kind of stuff. You you gonna see that difference in the bank account just on that alone, just on that alone. So it, it takes a, ho- a holistic view of how it, you can make it happen, but you can, if like you make it the goal, it can be happy. You don't have to be chained to these places anymore what is it the great resignation yeah however sir. many black women and started business in the last two years because the, the time is now it's it's just there's no need to 
go through that mental anguish anymore because it is we're, we're always at war with ourselves and, and and we shouldn't have to be you know because we want a good life for our children or we want to feed ourselves and, and and have a good vacation here and there it's not their way is not the only way to make that happen mm-hmm. we can do it for ourselves it's it is available to us absolutely yeah absolutely so what are you doing now tell our listeners about what's going on in your world and what that looks like well business-wise things are going well I am um, I went through to be certified as an online business manager just to get some more training and you know secure myself so I have quite a few clients that and that's working out good I am currently now trying to work on building my email list I have decided to focus in on the client experience of people's business Um, because I truly believe it is the best business strategy. When you sit down and really look at your client journey, how you're delivering what you say you're going to deliver, how you can make it easier on yourself, how you can help your team if you have a team, whatever the case may be. So I have honed in on knowing I want to help people focus in on that. So this is a part of my marketing efforts of putting it out there because I'm hoping to create community, just like you are looking to create community. I want what I was able to learn in three months and get a business off the ground and then actually bring in revenue and all that, I want to provide those type of resources to Black female entrepreneurs, whether you're still working a nine to five or not. Um, the, the free tools that's out here, I just want to be, I'm still honing that in, like how can I mentor in a way that is productive, that people can see see results, make impact, right? And so not that I'm trying to be like this influencer style coach or anything like that. I just know so many women that, can benefit from the knowledge that I have that I like to gain and can stay up to date with and provide it to them. So I, I'm looking for ways to build community in that way, whether it's through a membership. I don't really think it'll be that. I think it'd be more like a six week program or something like that, where it's like, mm-hmm. here's the tools. Let's do it. Let's get it done. You know, so that's what I'm working on. And things like this help me put my my message out there about the client experience. I got a conference Scream I'm speaking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a conference I'm going to be talking at next um, month, the Vision Slayers Conference. So, you know, things are really going good. I'm excited and pacing myself because um, my daughter's only growing and getting more active. But if things are going good and, and I am just excited to be a part of something like this, you know, to put the message out there that we can do this. We can build real businesses. You know, the, it ain't got to be a hustle. It's, it's your business. You treat it like a business. And you reap the rewards of a business. So I, that's what I'm out here trying to do. Hey, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> I'm here for it all. So listen, yeah. how can people find you online? Yes. Well, I am on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I am quite the social media girl. So on Instagram, my handle is at Dia Girl, D-I-A. G-U-R-L underscore virtual services um, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. I have a personal profile, Jordana Diakali. That put my government name out there. And my business profile is Dear Girl Custom Virtual Services. You can find me there. And my website is www.diagurl.com. All of your information will be in the show notes for the listeners. Wonderful. Thank you. Love it. I've enjoyed this conversation. I really enjoyed your energy as well. And I love the fact that, you know, you are here looking to give back. And, 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 you know, one of the things that 
is important to me is sharing the information. Mm-hmm. There, we often operate from this place of lack that if I give it to her, she's going to benefit more than me. Listen, there is so much out there for us. And if we can harness it, I'm I'm trying to tell you that that pie will never be gone. Okay. No, you're right. And I learned that. I learned that quick. When I got what I got, I said, hold on a second. (laughs) Wait a minute. No, it, we got to spread the word. Like and like you say, it, it holding withholding information does nothing. It does nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't benefit you. It doesn't do anything. And one thing's for sure, it's only going to work as well as you make it work. And so that's hey. why I, I hey a lot of discipline. That's why I talk about it. I realize discipline is needed to make these things work. But hey, you you putting a message out there. I can't wait to listen to all your other interviews as well. This yes, is so ma'am. exciting. Yes, ma'am. So yes. excited. So make sure you reach out, you connect with yes, Dia. Let her know, let her know that you heard her, you felt her, you loved her, <laughs> all of that. Yes. <laughs> before we go, I'd like to ask mm-hmm. a random question, which I never have at the forefront of my memory or my mind. So <laughs> randomly. Okay. Can you think? (laughs) Okay. If you could make one change and one change only in the world, what would it be? One change? One change. You got one chance, one shot. (laughs) For everyone to take an accurate look at the Bible, to get to know our creator accurately that's what I would say everyone so my question to you on the back of that Mm -hmm. what if they're not religious that's interesting you know I am a very religious person but I I we we were created so you know I have a hard time with that because people don't feel like we were created by a higher being we absolutely were and so I I, I want that yeah so I feel like when I say an accurate look at the bible you will be able to see and, and reason on the facts of there is a creator and there is a bigger purpose. Something better is coming on the horizon. It's all in the Bible, God's kingdom. So, you know, that's that's my hope for all of that. We just get to live in paradise together <laughs> and prosper. I agree. So, yeah, and prosper. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I personally, and I the reason why I ask you that is because I'm not overly religious. I am okay. very spiritual. Mm-hmm. I do believe there's a God. I do believe that he created me. Yes. However, I just don't subscribe to religion simply because religion I has see, a bad name. Right. Mm-hmm. So that in that, in that space, just religion um, mm-hmm. in particular, I, I would never deny God because I know I am who I am because of my creator. But right. I just, it was just a question for my own personal yeah, just yeah. see what she says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that yeah, that would be my my hope for okay. us all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So thank you so much, Dia. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank I really you. enjoyed your honesty. I loved your energy. I said that to you earlier. So listeners, if you 
If you enjoyed this conversation, make sure you reach out to Dia. Make sure you let her know. You know, she's out here trying to show up and show out, get herself (laughs) visible. So make sure you go and say hi to her. Mm -hmm. And I just want to remind you to walk as if every step you take is about to create an avalanche because, boo, you are here to change the world. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Choosing Her Hustle. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to press the subscribe button. If you want to join in the conversation, follow me on Instagram at Choosing Her Hustle Podcast, where I'll be going live every Thursday to dig a little deeper into this week's episode. So make sure you bring your questions and comments and join our amazing community if you want to support us share 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 and make sure to leave us a rating 